Hello, and welcome to The Mother Pod, a podcast from the Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation designed by moms for moms to create conversations focused on staying healthy through the journey of motherhood. This is Kayla Thomas. Hello, Mother Potters. Today we are talking with Heather Ryan. For 14 years, Heather Ryan was a special agent with the Naval Criminal Investigative Service, or NCIS. During that time, she served in five different duty stations and traveled the world investigating felonies ranging from sexual assault and narcotics to homicide and espionage. As an interrogator and hostage negotiator, Heather learned firsthand how the criminal mind operates and how the bad guys choose their victims. After years as a field agent, Heather became a supervisory special agent managing a team team of agents covering a 10-state area of responsibility. After turning in her badge and gun, Heather founded Safe in the City. Now, instead of only reacting to crime, she has the opportunity to help prevent her people from becoming the next statistic. Heather was the keynote speaker at our free women's health conference, The Gathering, in Marshfield, Wisconsin. Her message is one of empowerment rather than of fear, and we're excited to get her perspectives on how we can all protect ourselves in the digital age. Let's talk. Thank you for joining us today, Heather. We're happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited that you're here after your long tour around the states, going to Marshfield and coming back here. We're happy that you can make it. Thank you. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what drew you into this line of work? What drew me into the law enforcement initially? Yeah, initially that, and then you know, just some personal stuff. I know that you're a mom as well. Sure. So yeah. yeah. What's, what's the story? There? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a mom. Um, when I was working as an agent, uh, as you can imagine, those hours are really crazy. Mm. So I like to say criminals are very rude. So they, <laughs> <laughs> they commit crimes on Christmas and 2 a.m. and, you know, stuff like that. And um, along the way, I married another agent. Also, oh, okay. I like to uh, I just warned the kids at, at the elementary school that. Um, if you want to be an agent, understand no one else will marry you. We have to marry each other. So, <laughs> so I married another agent and um, we had two kiddos. And I just, I really didn't get the chance to see my kids very much. I mean, I, I birthed them and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I went to work and I, um, I worked really hard and I, and I loved my job and I loved helping people. Um, but I needed to find a different way to do that so that I could be around a little bit more for my kids. So yeah, um, that's how the transition happened. I took this giant leap of faith and now I get to travel the country and teach people what I learned. Yeah, well, so. that's very important for everybody as well. Yeah. How did you get into NCIS? Like, what brought you down that path? Yeah, um, so I didn't have any aspirations of being a federal agent or anything. <laughs> when I was growing up, and even when I was in college, they just didn't have as many crime shows as they do now, not as many strong women role models. Yeah. Um, I only had Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs, and I thought she was pretty cool, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one small, small one. little nugget you could grab. It was one. Yeah. Um, but I initially was a social worker after I graduated from college okay. um, for the Department of Children and Family Services in Cleveland. And I just had a, I had a really horrible case. I worked um, in a special investigation sex abuse unit. And I'm, I'm from Indiana originally, like a small town, and it, it rocks my world hearing that this stuff happened. I really, I honestly did not have any idea that this horrible stuff went on. And so I I had this really sad case of of a 12-year-old who was victimized. And I got so angry at her perpetrator. Um, The things that were running through my head gave me a big clue that I 
was not put on this earth to be a social worker, first of all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not appropriate. But guided you on your path, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to send him to prison. And so that day changed my life forever. I knew right away from that day forward that I wanted to work in law enforcement. Um, I started researching and I clearly figured out I didn't want to be a state or local police officer for silly reasons like they have to wear a uniform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's well, valid I feel like that's a valid reason. You're in it all day long. That's it's a valid so, reason so. to me. Yeah. And they pull people over speeding. That sounded really dangerous to me. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I went back to graduate school and one of my professors, by that time I had figured out I want to be federal law enforcement. And so one of my professors told me about NCIS. Now this is before the television show. And uh, I'd never heard of it. I just assumed I'd be an FBI agent. That's like what you do. Yeah. Um, And I I play with several different agencies and NCIS came back first, um, told me I'd be in Chicago. FBI came back second, but they don't, they don't tell you where you're going to go until right before you graduate their academy. But so remembering that I'm from a small town in Indiana, that was really scary. Yeah, to me. that's a big leap. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. So I stuck with NCIS and it never looked back. It was fantastic. We were much smaller, so we have like 1,200 agents for the whole world. We're civilian, you know, um, and compared that to the FBI, they have like 10,000 agents. Okay. So we're very small and we get to do a lot of really great stuff. Okay. What, what was your day-to-day like? I mean, I feel like our only connotation is the TV shows. So, you know, it seems, it seems right, very right. like espionage, dr- narcotics, like drug cartels. Like, right. you know, it just seems it's so outside of our normal like, day-to-day existence. But yeah. Kind of what was your, what was your role? What was your day-to-day like? I had lots of different roles when I first started. So people can't see me clearly, but I look like a second grade teacher. Like I don't. I saw that like, on your website. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it. because I, yeah. I bring it up right away because it's so clear that I don't look like someone who you would stereotypically think to be in law enforcement. So when I first started, I was, I, I still didn't look like a law enforcement person, but I looked much younger. So I worked undercover narcotics primarily at first. Um, and that was lots of fun. I couldn't believe I got paid to like buy drugs. It <laughs> <laughs> so was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know, I worked all different types of crime from there, sexual assault and homicide. And, um, from there I went to our Washington DC office where I worked, um, espionage. So, I got to travel the world and and catch some spies and do fun stuff. And I actually preferred the criminal work. So I transferred a couple more times and, and worked uh, lots of sexual assaults and eventually ended up back in Chicago where I started as a supervisory special agent um, running the Chicago office and then the 10 states surrounding Illinois. Okay. So it's kind of... I ran the gamut. I was going to say, I mean, I'm fascinated by this, I have to tell you. <laughs> but you. I could talk about that for a long time. Uh, but, um, so so I know that you founded Safe in the City. So why did you found it? What is it and why did you found it? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I, I was trying to figure out a way that I could see my children mm-hmm. occasionally, and but still help. And I, you know, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, it's, you can't really go to some company and be like, are you looking for an interrogator or a hostage negotiator? <laughs> like, yeah, like your job description, like, hmm, I'm 10 not, qualifications. Right. Yeah. I'm not really qualified to do a lot of other things. But I found that in talking to people, people had an idea of, of criminals and, and law enforcement from what they see on television, mm-hmm. which just isn't reality. Like my friends who love um, Law and or SVU and like, Mariska, whatever her name is, she's beautiful and yeah. she's always put together and the criminals always tell her what she wants to hear and, and it's all wrapped up and right. that's just not how it works. In a nice 60 minute episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I started researching like what are, what's out there? How are people 
educating others about how to stay safe. And some of the stuff I saw was appalling. And it was very clear that they have never sat in the room with a bad guy and never heard about how they pick victims. And, and I thought if people knew this, like if people really knew how bad guys pick their victims, how much better would like how the statistics couldn't this all go down if you weren't hearing silly things like in, there's somebody telling college kids like don't wear a ponytail because it gives the bad guy something to grab onto that's nonsense wear your hair however you want to wear your hair I've never done hundreds of interrogations no bad guy ever said I picked her because she had a ponytail on yeah that's silly yeah so so eventually and it was actually I would love to take credit for it, but it wasn't my idea <laughs> somebody else said you know you could do that go talk to people. And so, you know, long story short, it's why I, I put together Safe in the City. And so I do a couple different things. I talk to people. I, I talk to women's groups about how to stay safe physically. I talk to groups about how to stay safe online. Um, I also talk to companies about communication. So um, as a hostage negotiator, you know, your goal is to get the hostage taker to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to companies, right? So in sales or in uh, like for um, nonprofits and you want donors and you need them to give you money or you're in sales, you want them to hire you. It's all the same, like the same communication that you learn as a negotiator, you learn in the corporate world, but also use it inside of your office. Like how do you better communicate as a leader, mm-hmm. as a as a member of a team? And so that's been a, that's been a really cool thing to see that evolve also. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. I think you know education is very important to us at the foundation. So educating on this particular leg I think is so relevant now especially yeah. being in the digital age. You mentioned that um you focus on online and how yes. to protect ourselves online. So can we talk a little bit about that? Like Definitely. what are particularly from a parent's perspective, what are some th- things that we should be looking out for with sure. our kids and some some ways that we should be thinking about to protect our kids from any online attacks? Sure. I think um I think what's most important for parents to understand is that you do not need to know everything there is to know about every app that was ever made, about how to navigate the internet, how to understand where our kids are going. That's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And it's so overwhelming that many parents just put their head in the sand and they're like, ah, too much. Yeah. You know, I, I can't learn it all, so I'm, I'm just, we're not going to address this and I'm not going to learn anything. I think that the reality is our kids will always know more than we do. Um, by virtue of the way they've grown up, mm-hmm. you know, and on one hand, don't you always want your kids to more, know more than you do and do better than you did? And this is what we want. This is how, how we evolve, right? right. Um, but it makes us scared. It scares us. You know, it's, it's scary when you don't understand something. So I think the first step is to acknowledge that you don't know everything there is to know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you need to know enough to start a conversation. All you need to do is acknowledge that bad stuff happens online. But you don't let it scare you so much that you freeze, just like physical safety. We never want you to freeze. Don't freeze. Understand that it's there and have conversations with your kids. Um, know what they're on. And how do you know? What you ask them? Mm-hmm. Like people always say, how would I know? Well, ask them. Yeah. Like this is a conversation. Just like, you know, when I was little, it was all about um, stranger danger. And, you know, I was certain someone's going to kidnap me from the playground. We don't want, like, we don't want that. I, my kids love to teach me stuff. So when you sit down with your kid and you're like, show me this app, you know, they love thinking their parents are stupid, right? Like, mm-hmm. and they love teaching us. So let them teach you. And even if you've already researched it, which is 
another really huge tip for parents is like research, learn on your own, go to events, Google, like Google is my best friend, right? Google and YouTube are amazing. (laughs) So use it, but then sit down and have them show you how they use it. What are their favorites? How does it work? Let them know that you, you're aware of the fact that they're on social media, right? Just be aware. And it sounds so um, elementary. Yeah. But so many parents don't do it. Yeah, and sometimes the, the simplified tips are honestly the most effective. You know, having yeah. those op- the communication um, perspective again, and having those doors open and ha- having that conversation. Right, right. Um, what are some of the big cyber risks that are out there that we should be paying attention to? Yeah, um, uh, which there's so many. But as far as our our kiddos are concerned, the online predators are just it's it's so pervasive. It's so. Um, overwhelming Mm -hmm. and i i tell people when i talk these bad guys think about this 24 7 like they try to figure out how to manipulate our children all the time and how much time do we devote to combating that problem Mm -hmm. not much time and and i'm a parent just like anybody else like i do i no i should spend more time doing it i you know i'm i'm with everybody there but they need to understand like this isn't a made-up media sensationalized issue and believe me coming from law enforcement there's plenty right <laughs> right <laughs> that's very frustrating for law enforcement people um but this is a real thing um and our kids will be online so even if you're like i'm not going to have the internet in my home that they'll that's great. they'll find a way they'll yeah. find a way like mm-hmm. they're still going to there's access everywhere yeah. right and we need to um acknowledge that there's this bag so like for for my children we really focus on um who's a friend and who's a stranger and what it means to be a stranger and showing examples, you know, it's just because someone says that they're a 15-year-old boy and they show you a picture and they start commiserating with you about how much they hate school too and parents suck and all this stuff, you have absolutely no idea who that person is. But it's difficult sometimes for kids to understand that thought process. Mm-hmm. So we have to walk them through it. And I like to give examples as a way for them to um, kind of visualize what does a stranger mean mm-hmm. you know and it's hard it, I, when i was talking yesterday it's we it's one of those like you tell your kid five million times not to do something and then they do it again you're like what <laughs> i've told you five million times and so we talk also a lot about the brain like the child the child's prefrontal cortex and they're not little adults mm-hmm. they're children mm-hmm. and they don't have that ability to always reason out what you know to think about the consequences of what they're doing so we talk about that, but the other thing is, neither do we. And and I'm I'm an adult, and sometimes when I look on Facebook and I see my friends on vacation or I see the perfect family, I'm like, well, why can't I go on vacation? Right? Well, why am I always fighting Mom with my guilt. husband? <laughs> yes. yes. Like I look, Intense. I'm like, I'm yeah. not a Pinterest mom. Oh my god, I suck. And so if I'm doing that, like, what are what are our kids doing? Right. The comparison game, Instagram. There's been studies out that have shown how how hard it is on kids' psychological well-being because of the comparison game. So there's that, but then there's also the cyberbullying. We tell our kids don't. Like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. Don't post too much information. And then I get on Facebook and see people I know posting way Way too too much much. information. Mm -hmm. Yet you tell your kids not to, right? Or don't cyberbully. And yet you put something on Facebook behind your keyboard because you feel safe, just like they do. Mm Mm-hmm that you would never say in real life, or you pop off an email saying something angry or rude that 
You wouldn't say that in real life. So it's 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 all about being a good role model. It's like anything else. Wear your seatbelt. Your kid sees you wear your seatbelt. You know, it it all comes out of that that really basic stuff again. I think I think um, from my perspective, it's a little difficult from to role model because right because we're in a digital space, so yeah. it's not like our kids are on our Facebook page with us while we're interacting with our own personal social media. Yeah. So so what so what is like what are some things that we could do to role model? You know, yeah. I mean, having the conversation I think is very important and sure. and laying out those lines. And like you said, kids, it's harder for them to grasp that someone might be catfishing you. You know, which, yeah. I don't know. Some people use catfish. Um, that's a, there's a show about catfishing, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. basically it's the it's what the concept that you're talking about where people take over identities and pretend right. that they're somebody that they're not online. Right. Um, so f- from that perspective, you know, how how can we emulate that for our kids mm-hmm. and how can we be a role model for kids when they can't, they're not usually right by, beside us when we're in, interacting, right. particularly socially. But Right. And so it kind of depends on what age your kids are, because if they're older and you're friends and yeah. you should be, you should be connected with your children and everything, like they probably don't want you to be. But you should be, in, in my opinion, and with their real accounts, not their Finsta. So lots of kids have fake Instagrams called Finsta. So, um, but you should be connected. Mm, I did in, not know that. Yeah, <laughs> they have uh, something called Fake Book, which is their fake Facebook. Okay. They have the one they want you to see, which is their regular one. And then there's their Fake Book. So yeah. make sure you're on their correct one. <laughs> but that then they should be seeing what you're putting out, right? Right. For little people, like my people aren't on social media. Um, right. Yeah. So I, what's important for them to see, I think, is that. If I'm telling you that you shouldn't be on devices 24-7 and you're really annoying me because why have you been playing Minecraft for the past hour? And I say that as I'm on my phone. Right. Like messing with it. Well, What message are you sending? What am yeah. I sending? Yeah. Right? Like what am I sending? And just because like your kid can't see your Facebook uh, or you don't give your phone to your kid or whatever, other parents might. And mm-hmm. it sounds strange, I know, but some parents will allow their kids to either utilize their their uh, Facebook or, or whatever, or to scroll through it, or to, you know, it, you never know how that message is going to get relayed to your kids. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is the usage. And I I also talk to kids about, about body safety, and we talk about finding a safe adult and telling a safe adult. But what do you do if that adult doesn't hear you? And one of the things I talk about is Sometimes if you talk to your parents and they're doing something on their phone and they do, uh-huh, 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 and hear anything that you just said, mm-hmm. and I say that because I've done it. I think that we've all done it. Yes. And what kind mm-hmm. of role model am I being right then when I'm, I'm just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, I didn't listen to anything that you said. Right. Now, if you do that to me. We're going to have a problem. <laughs> yes. right, right. Right. So it's something we all have to work on. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. From the... Um, Cyber safety angle, if our kids are in the predator situation or, or if we start noticing something, what are some yeah. steps that we can take to be proactive or to address it? You yeah. know, if we think that we're in that situation, do we report it? Do mm-hmm. it, you know, is that something, when do we take it to the police? When do we make it a bigger deal than, than what it is and how do we stop it? Sure. So your very first step is you want to preserve all evidence. Um, it's incredibly frustrating to try to investigate something when everything's been deleted. Now they mm-hmm. can get it from the company, the law enforcement can't, but they have to have a subpoena and there's a whole process. And sometimes when your child is just in the grooming phase, so that's when the predator is trying to get your um, child to know, like, and trust them, just mm-hmm. like in sales, they're little salespeople. So they want, at that very beginning, they haven't necessarily done anything wrong, right? So law enforcement doesn't necessarily have anything to go off of. They mm-hmm. haven't sent any inappropriate pictures or, or whatever. But what you need to do is take screenshots of all of that 
save everything on whatever app or whatever it is. Um, you want to not not delete it. It's your first your first reaction is delete it. Mm-hmm. Don't hold on to it. You want to have you heard of kids talking about ghosting, right? Like Right. Mm-hmm. Lots, yeah. lots of parents haven't, but yeah. you know, it's when they just don't respond. Yeah. You just don't respond to them. Mm-hmm. Do that. Just don't respond. You, you, I mean, shut it down so that your kids can no longer get on whatever that is. Um, maintain it. If it has gone to a level that you feel like your child's really being groomed, yes, report it. And report it more than once if you need to. Because some, just like any profession, right? Some people are more educated about online safety than others. Mm-hmm. Yet it's just, you know, it's by virtue of, doesn't mean that they're not a good cop or whatever. It's just what they might know, what they might understand, you know, something different. So maintain it, go to law enforcement. If you feel in your, you know, that uneasy feeling, what's the harm? Like right. what if you went, so what if you went and they're like, we're not going to do that. All right, whatever. But yeah. you went, like, right. you never know. Like what if that was somebody that they have been watching? And they would have never known about you, right. you know, if you didn't go. So do that. Um, but also, that's it's a scary time, but it's also a great opportunity to really get in the weeds with your kid about what's going on. And if you feel like your kid, this causes all kinds of hard psychological stuff for our kids. Get them the help that they need. Mm-hmm. You know, I, lots of times we as parents are not the best therapists or counselors to explain that stuff so get get help like that's okay it doesn't you don't need to know everything just like you don't need to know everything about the internet right yeah just finding support for yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so you've done all that my the other thing that i really harp on is um tell tell your friends like you've just learned something so you know let's example this is snapchat and i i didn't know this could happen i didn't know that there was a chat enabled feature or whatever Probably your neighbor doesn't either. Yeah. Or your mom friends don't either or, you know, whatever. But when we get, when something bad happens with our kids and we get embarrassed or feel guilty or so all we want to do is protect our children. And when we feel like we haven't, we feel like we've failed. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you don't share that information because you feel so guilty or ashamed or whatever, that can happen to the next family. The only way we're going to learn about how to effectively parent in this digital world is to teach each other what we know. And when you don't, you're not helping any of us. Right. I think I think that's such a thank you for saying that because I think having the conversation in general, just as a parent and opening up those doors instead of having just this superficial profile of ourselves online that we yes. all think we have of each other. Right. Um, but ha- still bringing it back to real life and, and opening up the doors of the conversation, I think that's where we can really come together as a community from any aspect, but particularly in this angle too. You know, it's such a sensitive topic. And I feel like people do carry this burden and this sense of guilt when mm-hmm. something goes wrong with their kid. You know, they, mm-hmm. they think it's their fault. But I think pointing that out and saying, hey, let's keep talking about this is so important. Yes. Yeah. Um, the last question I have, is there is there any tools that you have that you can recommend specifically or any any apps that you use as a parent for tracking online activity or even mm-hmm. from, um, I don't know, just anything safe, safety wise that we could be utilizing online to help protect ourselves? Sure, sure. So there are all kinds of um, devices that you can use to do all all kinds of things from you can make a, a fence kind of around your house that it won't schools do this a lot so it won't uh, allow you to download certain apps within the radius of that fence those are great there's things like uh, circle by disney there's things 
things that you attach to your router. Okay. So it can help you monitor, monitor what's going on, monitor time, websites, all kinds of things. And what you need to do is kind of um, research that mm-hmm. a lot and figure out, because for every family, it's different. So do you have five kids and 12 devices or do you have one kid and three devices? You know, mm-hmm. and what, what age is your child also? You're going to, you're going to really look at that. So as far as access to the internet, um, research, see what, see what works best. There's, there's all kinds of websites that are also fantastic. One of my friend, favorite is Common Sense Media, which I know lots of parents already know about, but what it is is you can go in there and say you, you saw an app that you are not familiar with or your kid has mentioned something you're not familiar with. You can go to um, Common Sense Media, put the app name in there, and it'll pull up like you know who it's most appropriate for, reviews from other parents, like scary stuff that they've seen, good stuff that they've seen. It's a Awesome website, and the same thing. They uh, you can do it for movies, games, books, like all kinds of really hard stuff. Because if we're not sharing with each other, right? Like that's one place where, like, not for real. It says thirteen plus. Don't do it. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Right. Like that's yeah. It's it's a great place for information. So I I think that's a great tool. I have you know, like a a, a big list of websites that give you great information, but. Research and research what like just because your neighbor has circle, you know, like, but maybe that doesn't work out for your family. Right. Um, figure out what it is you're trying to stop from coming into your home or how you're trying to monitor your time and then go from there. I would love people. People do ask me that and ask me that a lot. And I would love to be able to be like, here's a silver bullet. Like, this right. Is good. But I can't. This is catch all. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of um, that research. Mm hmm. But it's well worth your time to figure out. You, you need to use something. Right. You need to use something. And um, figuring out how your family wants to attack that is is really individual. And it depends on your, your parenting style. Like some people want to install their, you know, there's apps on phones that will sh- tell you everything's on your kid's phone or um, that will really limit what they can bring on their phone. There's another app that um, can kind of figure out what type of words are using when they text and if something's using like a negative connotation, so cyberbullying kind huh. of thing that they're working on. It, there's lots of them. But it, and then there's other parents who are like, well, well, you know, my kids need their privacy and um, whatever. However your parenting style is, um, research what's going to help you make that parenting style most effective. Okay. I think that's I think that's very important too because yes we all have our own angles and we all have our mm-hmm. own differences and you know helicopter parenting is real and we don't mm-hmm. some of us don't want to you know go across that lane and right. navigating the digital world I think is a difficult hurdle to navigate especially with the changing landscape of how many tech, technical apps are coming out and different yes. changes mm-hmm. changes happening so quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you so much for coming on today. I thank really, you. really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah. All right, Heather, thank you so much for being on here today. If um, people want to get more information about you to have you at a speaking engagement or something in their community, can you tell people where to find more information about you? Sure. So my website is specialagentheather.me.me, and that has all my contact information on there. Excellent. And I heard that you have a book coming out soon. Can you tell us what it is and where we could find it? I do. I have um, a book called Special Agent Mom, and it's available for pre-sale. It comes out December 1st. So it's on Amazon. Just type in Special Agent Mom, Heather Ryan. Special Agent Mom, it's the only book called Special Agent Mom. You'll be able to find it. Um, It's a lot of fun. It talks about some of my crazy stories and, and what you can learn about how to stay safe and keep your family safe from from those crazy stories and a little bit about 
how I balanced being a special agent with being a mom. It's a little messy, but it's fun. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put in a pre-order. So uh, thank great. You. <laughs> <laughs> great. I hope you like it. Awesome. Thank you for tuning into The Mother Pod. The Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation is a statewide nonprofit striving to innovate, impact, and improve women's health to help women and their families achieve their healthiest potential. For more information on The Mother Pod, our programs, events, or research initiatives, visit our website at www.hf.org. Until next time, remember, it all begins with a healthy woman.